Hi folks, it's Rob from the Space Monkey X Audio Workshop. For a few years, I wrote, produced, and hosted a podcast called When You Hear This Sound, a show about the weird and wonderful world of read-along record books and storybook vinyl. As my life got more and more hectic, the episodes became fewer and farther between, until finally I stopped production in April of 2016. I've decided to include these old episodes as part of the Space Monkey X Audio Workshop, not only because I'm pretty proud of them, but because I would like to occasionally put out new When You Hear This Sound episodes under the Audio Workshop banner. I still have well over 100 read-along record books in my collection, and there are a few whose story behind the story would be well worth telling. As you listen to these old episodes, please note that the show notes will not be as extensive as they originally were. The websites where the podcast was hosted are long gone, as are the original show notes. So if you want to know more about something I mentioned in the episode, check the Audio Workshop's website, spacemonkeyx.net, but you may need to do a little Googling on your own. However, if there is a book included with the record, you will be able to find scans of it at the website. So please enjoy this archived episode of When You Hear This Sound, and be sure to look for new ventures into vinyl here at the Space Monkey X Audio Workshop in the future. Hello, boys and girls. I'm your Peter Pan storyteller. This is the story of the last starfighter. This is the story of gremlins. This is the story of Tron. This is the story of Raiders of the Lost Ark. This is the story of The Empire Strikes Back. You can read along with me in your book. You can follow the story along with me. Every time you hear this sound. Every time you hear this sound. Turn the pages when you hear this sound. You will know it is time to turn the page when you hear the computer sound like this. Let's begin, let's begin now. Hi folks, this is Rob Lamley, and welcome to the latest episode of When You Hear This Sound, a podcast dedicated to read-along record books and storybook vinyl. Today's show features one of the most entertaining record books in my collection, the 1977 release of Kojak by Peter Pan Records. For those of you born in the 80s or 90s, Kojak was a hit television series on CBS that ran from 1973 to 1978. It told the story of a New York City police detective named Theo Kojak, equally known for his cue ball head, his ever-present Tootsie Pop suckers, and his famous catchphrase, Hey, who loves you, baby? Kojak was played by the charismatic Telly Savalas, a man who was seemingly built for 1970s stardom. As the old saying goes, men wanted to be him, and women wanted to be with him. Even though he was bald, had a doughy physique, and smoked constantly, he was a smooth talker, an intelligent listener, and he exuded confidence, both on-screen and off, as in this interview he gave with a female reporter on the set of Kojak in 1975. Are you a mother, Ben? Uh, no. No, I'm not. No. I make great babies, kid. I really do. Yes? Great kids. Well, send your references and a resume, and uh, we'll look it over. You and me combined, we'd make either a princess or an emperor. Nothing short of that kid. Huh? I just want to have one that will do a lot of commercials. You know, some little kid that does a jam commercial, and then I can retire. But you're not romantic when you say things like that. First of all, we'll start. We know we'll have a lot of fun making the kids. And then it all begins. And we'll raise them and love them and kick them because we love them. Only if you promise to do the diapers. I'll do everything else. You got a deal, baby. You got a deal. Ah, the 1970s. What a weird, weird time in male-female relationships. 
He comes off pretty strong there, but Savalas had the kind of personality that even such blatant flirtation could be written off as all in good fun. Nearly everyone who knew him said he made you feel welcome and relaxed. One of his friends might have said it best in a 1976 interview, You know how it is on a cold night when you throw a log on the fire? That's Telly. Savalas had supporting roles in dozens of movies, most notably alongside Burt Lancaster in 1962's The Birdman of Alcatraz, for which he earned an Oscar nomination. He was also featured as a rough-and-tumble convict in The Dirty Dozen. Prisoners, thugs, and villains were common roles for Savalas, thanks to his tough-guy looks, but just as in real life, he was capable of displaying great empathy and sadness in a role when given the opportunity. Needless to say, this made him the perfect fit for Kojak, a gritty cop who wanted the real bad guys put behind bars, but was sympathetic to the working stiff who did what he had to do to survive in the dog-eat-dog world of 1970s New York City. Aside from TV and movies, Savalas was also a singer who released five albums between 1972 and 1980. His work was mostly made up of romantic covers and standards, once again allowing his softer side to show through. His biggest hit was a spoken word version of If, originally released by the soft rock group Bread. And when, my love, for life is running dry, you come, you come and pour yourself on me. Savalas' cover topped the European charts for 10 weeks in 1975 and reached the top 20 here in America. But later he found perfect media synergy with his 1976 release, Who Loves You Baby. Not only did the title reference his famous catchphrase, but he was also the star of an hour-long, commercial-free variety show special on CBS to support the album. Guest performers on the program included a bevy of beautiful babes, like Diane Carroll, Barbara Eden from My Dream of Jeannie, and Mary Tyler Moore's Cloris Leachman. And now we'll take a quick break so you can rush over to YouTube and look up these videos, because I understand that you need to hear the rest of these songs. Or if you can hold off for a little while longer, I have links to the videos in the show notes. But that's okay. Just hit pause right here and come back when you're ready. Due to declining ratings, Kojak was canceled after five seasons, running for a total of 118 episodes. During that time, Savalas had been nominated twice for an Emmy, winning once, and three Golden Globes with two consecutive wins in 1975 and 76. The show became a hit in syndication, which led to seven made-for-TV movies between 1985 and 1990. Sadly, Savalas died of cancer in 1994, just one day after his 70th birthday. Now, if the story of a New York cop with flexible views on law and order seems like an odd choice for a kid's record book, believe me, you're not alone. I don't know if Peter Pan Records was simply trying to capitalize on the popularity of the show, or if they were trying to reach a more mature market with this album, but either way, this isn't your typical superhero tale where everyone makes it out unscathed. In fact, each story starts with a murder, which leads to even more death being played out on the grooves of the 12-inch LP. As you'll soon hear, there are a few voice actors who could have probably dialed it back a little bit, but the star of the show is spot-on as Kojak. So much so, I'm not entirely convinced that it isn't Savalas himself in the role. Sadly, the voice actors on record books were very rarely ever credited, so there's no way to be certain without verification from someone in the production. I tried reaching out to Nicholas Savalas, Telly's son, who runs the website Savalas.tv, to see if he could verify his father's involvement, but I never heard back from him. Maybe it's a mystery only Kojak can solve. 
Whatever the case, the actor's nonchalant delivery and rough, gravelly voice elevates this album from a fun little oddity to a genuinely good piece of entertainment from days gone by. Similar to The Man from Krypton, the Superman origin story in our very first episode, these Kojak dramas were originally released on a non-record book album, also from Peter Pan. The cover of that one features a rather unflattering drawing of Savalas, but the LP does contain two additional Kojak stories, so it's worth picking up if you dig today's episode. However, when the art in the record book is this fabulously 1970s, why on earth would you want this album without the comic? The clothes are all wide lapels and bell-bottoms, the hair is feathered and full, and the porn stashes flow freely. I've included a PDF of the book in the show notes, so check them out at bubblepipe.net or at tophatsasquatch.com. Be sure to look for my personal favorite, the Charles Bronson lookalike as a helmet-haired, knife-wielding thug. But enough with the history lesson already, let's get to the record. We'll start off with a story called Five Star Final and end with A Question of Honor, brought to you in all their full 1970s glory because, hey, who loves you, baby? your problem. This is all of it. Thanks, boy. And now, because I'm such a nice guy, I'll save you the trouble of telling your boss. What? How? You won't be able to tell anybody. No, please, mister. It'll be on my head. I'll take your bath. Sorry, pal. Believe me, it's for the best. No, stay back. Please. by the name of Vincent Telesana. His street name was Squirt. Uh-huh. And what did he do to earn a place in heaven? It looks like a textbook holdup. His stand is in a shambles. Guy must have ransacked it looking for more cash. Or dirty books. Uh, this is what, the fifth new stand hit in two weeks? Yeah, but this is the first time anyone bought it. What's the preliminary report on this guy? The assistant in me says he can't be sure, but so far all he can find is a single stab wound in the chest. Is that all? Doc says only one wound. Okay, you finish up here. I'll meet you back at the station. Where are you going? To buy a newspaper. Meanwhile, in another part of town. Come in. Hi, Mr. Muldoon. What have you got for me, Arnie? Oh, big one, Mr. Muldoon. I knocked over that guy on 23rd Street. Squirt Telesana? Yeah, he the one. Well, don't keep me in suspense. The works. Hey, Arnie, you hit the jackpot. There must be a whole day's worth of action here. I thought you would be pleased, Mr. Muldoon. This is great. <laughs> How did you crack him? It wasn't easy. What do you mean? I thought these little corner newsies were like pushing over baby carriages. 
Well, this guy was holding the bank, so I had to apply some pressure. How much pressure, Ronnie? Look, Mr. Muldoon, you're not mixed up in that end of it. What does it matter? That's my overhead. It doesn't cost you anything. We're not in a regular kind of business, Arnie. Uh, whatever you do, I'm responsible for. Accomplices, Arnie. Before the fact, after the fact. You name it, they got a law. It's nothing I can't handle. How much pressure, Arnie? The limit. Arnie, Arnie. I don't know what I'm going to do with you. I can square it, Mr. Muldoon. Honest. Sure you can, Arnie. I uh, just got a little upset. You're a good man. I couldn't afford to lose you. That's good to know. Listen, I treat my people right. Get lost for a couple of days. Here, take this. But it's a thousand bucks. For a job well done. Goodbye, Arnie. So long, Mr. Muldoon. And thanks. This is Mr. Muldoon. Arnie Wexler has just left my office. He's become a liability. We no longer need him. Take the appropriate action. Yes, the usual fee. Oh, uh, by the way, he has a thousand dollars of my money. Consider that an advance. A little later, another street corner, another newsstand. Hey, Kojak, what's new? Want the evening edition? Oh, yeah, Maxie. The one with the latest stock prices. I'm a big investor. I never thought you were one for sucker bets, Kojak. <laughs> what other kind are there, Maxie? Search me. Uh-huh. My kingdom for probable cause. You're here about Squirt. Hey, the news travels fast. It's my business. I sell it. I see it happen. So what happened to Squirt Telesano? He got hit, like everybody else. But he got killed, not like everybody else. Some guys choose to fight for a couple of bucks. How about you, Maxie? Would you fight? Depends on the odds. Hey, what odds are you selling today? I don't get you, Kojak. Come on, Maxie, you're talking to me. You guys have been running bets out of your stands for the last 40 years. Why, officer, are you insinuating? Hey, I'm not insinuating. I'm telling you straight out. I got customers there. I gotta go. Maxie, if you hear anything, huh? You'll be the first to know. After how many, baby? Central to car 763K. This is car 763. B1034 on frequency 2. Switching to frequency 2. This is 763 to 1034. Lieutenant, this is Crocker. What is it, Bobby? We got another body. Where? 457 Aesop Street. On my way, 763K. to be a volume business. It's one of this. Who? A character by the name of Arnie Wexler. Arnie Wexler. Arnie Wexler. The hired muscle behind Nate Muldoon. Hey, this may prove to be enlightening. Got something else for you, Lieutenant. Yeah, well? We found this on Wexler. Oh, thank you, Dr. Watson. Oh, my. What have we here? A six-inch stiletto. Didn't anyone inform this late gentleman that such weapons are illegal in our fair, fun city? Open it up, Lieutenant. Oh, you're full of surprises tonight, Crocker. Well, well, look at this. Bloodstains. You think he could be the guy who knocked off Squirt Telesana? Do we have any other candidates? Get this knife down to the medical examiner's office on the double. Have him tighten cross-match the blood on this blade with Telesana's. Anything else? Yeah, have Stavros pull the package on Nick Muldoon. 
Welcome back to the office, Lieutenant. Coffee? Did you make it, Stavros? No. <laughs> Cream and two sugar. Have you got Muldoon's file? On your desk. Come into my parlor, Detective. Yes, sir. Look at the kisser on this guy. Nathan Muldoon, age 56. Oh, here we go. Policy, numbers, bookmaking. What do you think, Lieutenant? Listen carefully, most devoted servant. These newsies have been running a decent bookmaking scam for years. Nothing big. No competition with the major leagues. But respectable. They make a living. Now, an old pro from the administrative end of the business notices this penny-ante game going on. He sees where. With a little organization and efficiency, he's got the raw material for a big operation. These hits have been merger offerings. The first newsie to say no was Squirt. But why kill Andy Wexler? Because he broke the routine. You don't go around killing street people like Benny Telesano. Gives the victimless crime of gambling a bad image. Lieutenant Kojak. Yeah. Maxie? When? On my way. Stavros, come with me. Rizzo! Sapestein! Meet us at 34th and 7th Avenue. Maxie's newsstand. <laughs> A very successful business you have here, Maxie. Tell your ex to keep your hands off me, Muldoon. Ah! Now, now, Maxie. There's no need for violence. All we want to do is help you improve your profit margin. I sell newspapers and magazines. What do I know from profits? Let's not play games, Maxie. I know you run one of the cleanest book operations on the street. You and your news, Hawkers. What are you talking about? Are you nuts? All I want is a partnership. 50-50. We could be a great help to each other. Listen, Muldoon. Okay, you know all the angles. You think you're pretty smart. Do you know why we make out so well? Why no one touches us? Because we stay small. We don't get in the way of the big boys. They understand we're just out to make a living. So they let us alone. We start expanding and the piece is broken. So it's no deal. Now or ever. Then you're out of the picture. Okay, fellas, put Maxie out of business. Hold it, Muldoon. Police. Keep back, but his nosey's had it. Who are you trying to kid, Muldoon? You're not going anyplace, with or without Maxie. I'm warning you. No, I'm warning you. I know what you've been up down the street. I know your boy Wexler killed Squirt. I also know you had Arnie Wexler killed. You're bluffing. You don't know anything. Whose word are they going to take, Muldoon? I've got you and your strong arms in the middle of an assault rack right now. And with the other two hits, hey, you're bought and paid for. Who says? Listen, stupid. You try to interfere in a big league game. You think they're going to let you get away with that? The only place you can live is in jail. Let him go. Sapestein, Rizzo, cuff those monkeys. All right, you guys, open. Well, Maxie, you saved the business. Thanks for getting here. I called as soon as I saw them coming. I don't know what I would have done without you, Kojak.
merchandise. $250,000. Let me see. First, the money. You don't see a thing until I count the cash. It's all here. $250,000? Some small bills, just like you ordered. Come on, Harry, let's get on with it. This is a public place. It's, uh, quiet enough. Hey, what's the big idea? Put that gun away, Harry. We have a deal. It's never too late to improve your bargaining position, Marty. Now listen, we've been doing business together for a long time. Who else are you gonna get to buy those stolen bonds? The world is full of businessmen. But who's gonna pay you 20% on the dollar? Please, Harry, don't! So long, Marty. This is 763 Central. Go ahead. 763. Officer down in the alleyway. A battery attacked. Car 763. 7K. Hello, Lieutenant. It's a nasty one. Hi, Crockett. Who's our man? It's a policewoman. Who? Detective Mary Bryant. She's assigned to headquarters. Well, what happened? She was shot in the alley. Took two on the shoulder. Must have been pretty close range. Is she going to make it? It's touch and go, Lieutenant. The patrol officers didn't bother to wait for an ambulance. They drove her in right away. I'm waiting for a report from the hospital. I suppose this is all related to our dead friend on the sidewalk. It seems that way. <laughs> you want to be a detective, you know that? Who is he? Identification on the body says he's Marty Fingers. You don't say. Do you know him? He's the money man for the stocks and bonds racket. I've been trying to lay my hands on him for years. Looks like someone else found him first. And I think I know who. I want you and Sapstein to locate, only locate, a second-story man by the name of Harry Creeksfield. He and Marty were pals. Tell Stavros to check all reports of stolen bonds, treasury notes, the whole Megilla over the past two months. Oh, and pull Mary Bryant's package from personnel. Right, Lieutenant. I'll be at the hospital. and open up. Oh, Harry, I was so worried about you. Are you okay? Sitting on top of the world, honey. The next plane to Rio is going to have the both of us in first class. Oh, Harry, are we really going this time? Nothing else to do? No loose ends? All wrapped up. Come here. Hmm, nice kiss. What's this? What? In your pocket, that bulge. Stay out of my pockets. Harry, it feels like a gun. It's a water pistol. No, I can feel it's metal. Harry, let me see it. It's none of your business, Jane. It is real. Did you use it? I told you to mind your own business. Harry, I want to know about the gun. You never carried one before. Why are you complaining? I've always given you a piece of the action. I don't want to be cut in for murder. Who said anything about murder? You see me with a gun and right away you have me bumping people off. Let me see the gun, Harry. I want to see if it's been fired. Since when are you a gun expert? Why did you need the gun, Harry? Did you kill someone, Harry? Did you? Nobody. Oh, no. Not Marty. No, Harry, not Marty. I couldn't sell him the bonds. What do you mean you couldn't sell him the bonds? Who else are you going to sell them to? I'm not selling them. Are you crazy? That's hot stuff. Where else can you unload that paper for 20% of the face value? In South America. Well, what about the cash? Oh, Marty paid. Then you did kill him. We'll be rich forever. No, not with me. There's honor in this world, Harry. 
us. Marty was our best friend. How could I ever trust you again? I guess you can't. Come on now, Carrie. Give me my stuff right now. After I do all the work, you get nothing, baby. Then I'm going to the cops. I warn you, Harry. I'll tell them everything. You'll tell them nothing. No! Dr. Robinson, call extension 49. Dr. McDonald to maternity. Dale, over here. Why, Captain McNeil, out making your rounds? I hate these hospitals. I hate having to wait for status reports on wounded officers. What's the word? Yeah, it's not as serious as they first thought. She took one to the shoulder and the other creased her arm. Dale, what in the world was she doing in that alley? I don't know, Frank. As a matter of fact, there's a lot I don't know about this shooting that bothers me. Like what, for instance? Like a dead Marty Fingers, for one, Frank. These guys are the peaceful end of the business. They never carry guns. These are the white collar boys. You know, everything clean as a whistle. Maybe he got knocked off by a mugger. No way, Frank. What makes you so sure? She does. Mary Bryant? Yeah. What could she have to do with this? She's a cop, Frank. She was in the right place at the wrong time. Now, she must have seen the first shooting and then gone after the gunman. I don't follow any of this, Theo. Don't you see? She had the payoff staked out from the very beginning. Alone. That's the first violation of department regulations. Second, she corners a man with a gun, has him in her sights, and he manages to squeeze off two shots at us. What's so unusual about that, Theo? It happens. Lieutenant Kojak, come to the phone. Lieutenant Kojak, please come to the phone. It's over there at the nurse's station. This is Lieutenant Kojak. Lieutenant, this is Crocker. Well, what have you got? A bundle, Lieutenant. We got an address on Creeksfield from Records. Turned out to be his girlfriend's apartment, a Jean Lewis. Check it out. We did. The Lewis girl is dead. Same as Fingers. Shot at close range. The place was a mess. But we found a receipt from a travel agency. Two seats on a Trans-Latin Airlines to Brazil for tonight at 11 p.m. It's 10.15 now. Call airport security and alert them. Then you meet me at Kennedy. Lieutenant, there's one more thing. Out with it, Bobby. We pulled Mary Bryant's package from personnel. Anything about her current assignment? No, sir, but she was married to Harry Creeksfield from 1963. Car 763K. Lieutenant, over here. Any sign of our boy? He broke through the blockade they set up for him at the security checkpoint. There he is, at the boarding gate. I'll call the others. No time. He may take a hostage. See if he can get behind. Right, Lieutenant. Hey, Harry. Who? What? Get out of here, Kojak. I'm getting out of the country in that plane, Kojak. Not if I can stop you, Harry. You won't. You're only good at point blank range, Harry. I'm not going to get that close. Then I'll take it. Hey, cool. A hostage? Come on. You scared everyone away with your captain. I'm warning you, Kojak. Do it peacefully, Harry. You were never a gunman. Why the change? Why did you start to kill? You had a neat right. Why did you change signals? Stay back, Kojak. I got it. I struck a bitch. And now you're not 
gonna stop me, you or anyone else. I suppose not. Any guy who would shoot his own wife. Ex-wife. And she was a cop. But you loved the ones. Not anymore. Give it up, Harry. I'll kill you too, Kojak. Freeze, Creeksfield. He's dead. I'm sorry, Lieutenant. I had no choice. You did right, kid. Any guy who shoots his wife, his girlfriend, and his best friend doesn't have much to live for.